0: You're listening to Bethany Radio. More content is available on iTunes or online at BethanyBibleLeroy.com Well, it's been not only really a week, I think you could look at the news every day, or the past two and a half months of just maybe disturbing things. Disruption in our world, in our nation. Uh, I fully agree with those that would say, Mike, it's best probably to not turn on the news. That would be a helpful thing, right? But eventually it comes back on somewhere, or or I'm drawn to it wrongfully and and pulled in, and that's really good advice. But then you turn on the news and there's the the next thing going on. And what we have in our land seems like a series of next Things, One trial not even ended. We talked about this in some somewhat last week and a new trial beginning. We've got COVID-19 and then we've got the death of George Floyd and the, and the, the resulting, the, the protests, the riots. And then let alone even beyond that, just whatever other just personal trials, things in your own life that are going on. And one word that comes to my mind, I think it's the same word Brandon used when he was praying this morning, it's, it's chaos. You can feel that way of chaos at times. Like we said last week, it seems like normal has left the building. And we're just kind of, um, even this week, just found myself, like I don't normally weep for things, but there was a time in my office just kind of weep, like, not. It just, just things are just unsettled. Maybe that's the feeling you come with today. So pastorally today, I sense a need. By the Spirit of God, I pray to just pause our study of Philippians for for this week. Just do a bit of pastoral triage, kind of a what's at the moment. So we're in Philippians. I want to stay there. I don't want to just hop around. Here's where we're at. There's good things in Philippians. And yet, I think in my study this week, even as I'm studying Philippians, I'm going and the the just the what the environment, the thermostat of kind of our country and what's going on, and going is this what I need to share? And so I'm working on that sermon last night, and I'm I'm close to being done. And then I'm thinking, praying, Lord. And so we're gonna preach something that's pretty fresh from this morning. So uh, that's we'll get to that next week. Um, But in light of just where we're at, the state of the nation just seems good to pause for today, try to speak at least somewhat. And and I'm not, let the Word of God speak into the situation of these days. Because there's many voices saying something. Amazon is saying something. Walmart, you thought it was just groceries and supplies. Apparently now, you know, they're teaching morals and that sort of thing. And, and uh, that, that's okay. It's company, all these sorts of things. Everybody's got statements, what they're stating these days. I'm not saying all those are bad. I, I, but I read artic- one article, I think it was from a pastor, just, he's like, I'm, I'm okay being silent. I'm just feeling the need to, like I have to for society, say something, but I'm, I'm going to be silent. Well, today I'm not making so much of a statement on race, though I want to talk about it just a little bit but more so just on that state, that chaotic state. But a little bit on race and just what's going on, just just a few thoughts, not forming the bulk of what I want to say. Uh, To speak towards what's going on in our nation, to acknowledge a black man who was in custody in a city two hours away from us died at the hands of four police officers. And from what it appears, we've probably maybe watched the video, it looks like it was unjust, it was unwarranted, it did not need to happen. And so there's slogans, and these were around before this, but we see them in the protests, black lives matter. As believers, we should affirm, not, not the movement, but that black lives matter, and white lives, and Hispanic lives, and... Arabic lives and on down the list, lives matter. They matter because we know from our scriptures, Genesis 1, 26, God has made each person, each one of us, whether a believer in Christ or not, no matter the color, your eth- where you're from, we're made in the image of God, male and female, Genesis tells us, made in that image of God. And so it should, just pastorally, to not just kind of balk, but say, let this open the hood of our heart. Examine your own heart. Are there seeds under our own hood? May not be uh, against black or this or that, but are there seeds of, of a racist, kind of a, maybe a superior spirit or something like that? Is there something in my heart? Again, that, that the, the log in our eye mentality. So those are good things to think about. And yet you may find yourself frustrated because to some, only some lives matter, right? Black lives matter to Planned Parenthood, but only those that are outside the womb. And so we can be frustrated and we can go, oh, yeah, we agree, lives matter. You're just missing the millions of the other lives that matter too. So we might be frustrated. There's a general state, you might say, where's the justice for those as well? Where's the outcry? And there's crying. There's anti-abortion groups, pro-life groups, crying for that justice. But we might be asking that. Where's that justice for those millions of babies? But like I said, my goal today, not so much to address that. That's about all I've got to address. Again, it's time of, Confusion. What do we say? All those sorts of things. But pastorally, I want to think about this this time of chaos in our land. Thankfully, it seems this week the violence is dying down. But there are just there's just emotions going on. I I think all of us, to a certain extent, we're just we're kind of worn out. Seems like the nation's worn out from the this wear mask here, this there, all those sorts of things. It's just it's wearing on us. There's people against people. police. I mean, seeing places, defund. We don't want the police anymore. All the, I mean, you go, where's authority? What's going on? And there's, it's, again, chaos, just a great perhaps look that we might, we might think about it. Maybe despair, puzzlement, not even, I don't know what to make of all this. So where, where do we go? You are in the right place. Not for my words, but you are in the right place today. Because we worship our Lord. This is, in, in large part, what we've been missing over the past couple months is this gathered together to sing songs like, Behold our God, our victories in Him, and to hear people proclaim that. And so that's what I want to do today. I have no exposition of a text. It's Isaiah 40. You can turn there. But I want just, to just read through it. I'll make a couple comments along the way. But Isaiah chapter 40. We're just going to read through the whole chapter. So Isaiah chapter 40 is where I just want to lead us along today. So let me pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the reminder that your word does not return void. Thank you, Lord, that we have a book right now in front of us. We've got it on our laptops, on our phones multiple copies at home, we have a word for our day. It's from you. It's not Mike's word. It's your word. Thank you, Lord, for the solid rock, the everlasting rock of your word. And I pray that as we read it, you would bring clarity out of chaos, direction out of disorder. Lord, that our that our minds and our hearts would be drawn to behold our God once again through this, in some ways, a familiar passage. So I ask for your spirit to work through my few words for your glory. And we pray this in your name. Amen. We're kind of just starting in Isaiah 40, just plop right down in the middle of a book. Isaiah, prophet for God, called of God in chapter 6 speaking from the Lord to the people. Chapter 6, speaking to a people that, they are not going to listen to you, Isaiah. They're not going to hear you, but speak anyway. And so maybe if you've been even reading through today's, even Bible reading is uh, chapter 39. I just skipped ahead to Monday, tomorrow. So you're already one day ahead, and you could meditate on this this week. But we looked at Isaiah 40 last summer. You might remember that as we... Hunker down in here in the air conditioning because the bugs were too bad out of the park, and we looked at the, that part of our spiritual first aid kit, and we looked at the last part of Isaiah, um, if you remember that. Well, Isaiah here, again, he's writing, and this is according to uh, ESV Study Bible. It just helps, helps me as I go through things. He's writing to kind of two different groups, the contemporaries in his day, and also to those that would go into exile in Babylon. This is a nation, the nation of Judah here, eventually, I think it's 586 years around there, that are going into exile in Babylon. And so, so they in exile, think of them, maybe distressed, uprooted, life's not normal for them, and here's this word from the Lord. Like I said, it's not so much of an exposition of this text, going deeply into it. I'm not here to pull apart every phrase, just make a few comments as we read through this passage. So let's look at verses 1 through 5. Comfort. Comfort. wonder why it's repeated. Comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries, in the wilderness... Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Some of those phrases sound familiar to you, John the Baptist perhaps. Think of him in the wilderness, making a way of the Lord, that glory of the Lord being revealed. Just a verse to share, Second Corinthians 4, 6. says, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Where? In the face of Jesus Christ. Glory came, we've been talking about that in Philippians, that humble, I think we sang about it, humbled himself. Glory humbled itself. Christ humbled himself that we might taste and enjoy his glory forever. It was revealed. And I I would say revealed in Christ. Let's continue, verse 6. A voice says, cry. And I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows on it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. People wither here, right? People are the grass, they're the withering, the flower, the beauty Flowers fade. To trust in man is a fading trust. To trust in our well, you know this, our politicians that's kind of fading. you know? It's just turmoil. To trust in anything of man, to trust in ourselves, to trust in our own flesh, as we would look at in, in Philippians, is futile. But the word of the Lord, that's eternal. What God says is eternal, it's going to last which means what? The Word. What He's spoken, what He's planning, what He's purposing, His reign will last forever. It will stand forever. In the midst of when we look around us and go, this doesn't look like forever. This looks like things are going downhill fast. And none of us know what this week will bring, but who knows? And I always play that worst-case scenario, It gets worse from here. We can still stand. Why? Because the word of our God will stand forever. Because he stands forever. In the next section, verses 9 through 11. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength. O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up. Fear not. Say to the cities of Judah... What's the good news? You see that? Like there's a, it's a couple times, right? Yeah. Verse 9, O Zion, herald of good news. O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Fear not. What's the good news? What's the heralding going on? It's saying to the cities of Judah, behold your God. That's what we sang about. Behold him. What's the good news? It's that we can come, we can gather We can read it in our own scriptures. We can behold there is a God. He's eternal and he's ruling all things. He's got might. Verse 10 He's going to tend his flock like a shepherd. Pastor, shepherd, but a fallible one that cannot tend like our great shepherd, Jesus Christ. Do you know him? He's the shepherd. He leads us. He's a shepherd that laid down his life for his sheep. Will he not also graciously give you all things? Gives us what we need. Well, the next section's a little longer. I'll I'll read 12 through 26. Kids, if you're following along, I want you to count how many question marks are there. If you see these, see if you come up with the same count that I did, but there's questions. These are interesting questions questions, and there's statements going on while these questions are happening, but verses 12 through 26, let's read these, look for the questions, and think about the unwritten answer. Ready? Verse 12, "'Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, and marked off the heavens with a span, enclosed the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in scales, and the hills in a balance?' Understand what it's saying there? I, I, I'll, I'll go on. But the waters in the hollow of his hand. I mean, how, how great is our God that that's, that's how he holds the waters of the earth, in the hollow of his hand. The heavens for the Lord? Yep, that's the universe. We go billions, billions, billions. That's the Lord. The dust of the earth, which seems to be everywhere, it's in a measure. All right, I'll keep going. Verse 13, "'Who has measured the Spirit of the Lord, "'or what man shows him his counsel? "'Whom did he consult who made him understand? "'Who taught him the path of justice "'and taught him knowledge "'and showed him the way of understanding? "'Behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket "'and are accounted as the dust on the scales. "'Behold, he takes up the coastlands like fine dust. "'Lebanon would not suffice for fuel.'" nor are its beasts enough for a burnt offering. All the nations are as nothing before him. They are accounted by him as less than nothing in emptiness. To whom then will you liken God, or what likeness compare with him? An idol is the next suggestion. Can you compare an idol with this Lord? An idol, a craftsman casts it. And a goldsmith overlays it with gold and casts for it silver chains. He who is too impoverished for an offering chooses wood that will not rot. He seeks out a skilled craftsman to set up an idol that will not move. There's a foolishness in idolatry, in finding our God in anything else. Oh, yeah, I'm going to make an idol. I'll get wood that doesn't rot. That's, that will make it last. Compared to the word of our Lord will stand forever, right? Or I'm going to set up an idol. But Isaiah writes, it's not going to move. Verse 21, do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain, spreads them like a tent to dwell in, who brings princes to nothing and makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when he blows on them and they wither and the tempest carries them off like stubble. I know I'm pausing, but it's because the sermon's fresh, so I'm sorry. It's. You see that connection? They wither. The tempest carries them off. Grass withers, flowers. This we cannot trust in. This we cannot rely on. It's fading. It's blown away. And then verse 25, to whom then will you compare me that I should be like him, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might, and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. Kids, how many questions did you get? I got 11. Did you get 11 in there? That's a rough count. 11 times. Most of them, most of them are who? I think there's, there might be some what in there, and, but it's, it's generally who, 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 who. What's that helping us? Who, who. And when we don't know how, we know who and the Lord. Behold your God. He's incomparable. The nations, they're in his hand. Rulers, they're in his hand too. Ultimate justice, where's that found? Is it in our courts? Hopefully, ultimately, from the Lord. Stars, the sea, the dust, it's in the Lord's hands. So there's all this about kind of this beholding your God, this eternal God, and then the Lord asks us why. Look at verse 27. Kind of like, after all of this, why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? Can I just add for us, O people of God, redeemed in Christ, why do you say, why do you speak, my way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by my God? It is not hidden by the Lord. He sees it all true justice, the truth, and all this when we, from our vantage point, what's truth, where is it at, all these sorts of things in the world, what we see with our eyes, God knows. And, his, and the right is not disregarded. He is a just God. He is a seeing God. He's a sovereign God. So in light of all who God is, why do you think he doesn't see or doesn't know? And then lastly, those familiar lines from verse 28 to the end. Kind of questions, yeah. Again, more questions, right? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might. He increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. That's where it is. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Where do people who wither and fade go? We can't go to anything but the Lord, the one who stands forever. The one who is strong and mighty. Those who wait on the Lord, they who wait on the Lord. I didn't look up the Hebrew here. I'm going to go with wait. What else? Trust, believe, rest. Put your confidence. Where are you waiting? Are you waiting for normal, like we said last week, or waiting? Are we waiting till just everything settles down. It's it's so shaky. It's so unsettled. It's like it just fades so quick. We're to wait on the Lord. That's where our strength is renewed. But there's action words. I think I brought this up last summer, but there's, act, there's waiting. I think of waiting Well, you just go, just find that room, grab your Bible, just hang out, just wait. But that's, there's a waiting and there's a movement here, right? You're going to mount up with wings. So I don't think he's really saying go try and fly off your house. You're, you're going to mount up, though. Like an eagle, we have them around here. It's awesome to see how they soar. That's those that wait in the Lord. Soar, above maybe perhaps. They shall run. So there's running, but in the running you're not weary. There's walking, walking in the Spirit, walking with the Lord, and there's not fainting. So we can go forth on a week like today or whatever weeks will come, waiting, beholding our God. We, in our flesh, we're going to fail. We're going to wither. We're going to look at life around us. And maybe you're not, today you're not even looking at the news. You're just going, it's, i got enough to deal with in my own six feet around me. It will fade. It's unstable. What matters is that we wait on the Lord to trust in the Lord. And I want to just encourage you, if you do not know him, there should be a, a fear of standing before this just God and being justly punished for our sins forever in hell if you do not know Christ. If you know Christ, he's working on you by your spirit, or he's calling to you to, to come to Christ, to lean on him, to trust in what he's done in the cross to forgive you. That's you You got hope forever because the word of the Lord stands forever. Believe on the Lord and you will be saved forever. I invite you to do that and to trust in the Lord. And we might repeat from last week, Philippians 3.1, rejoice in the Lord. Let me pray for us. Father, again, I just imagine I, you who know the hearts of all here, and the different emotions and thoughts of this, the news cycle or life or trials or what's going on. Lord, no matter where we're at in all this, frustrated or sorrowful or grieving, Lord, may we be a people waiting on you. And Lord, thank you that in our our rebellion, in our stealing glory, you came to us. You were merciful to us in Christ when we deserved death forever. Separated from you, you came. And so, Lord, we praise you. That your Holy Spirit, you've been merciful to pull us from death into life, to grant us your Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, who dwells within us, who works amongst us as a body. So, Lord, I just pray very simply, Lord, help us to wait well on you. And then to those around us that are struggling to wait, that are struggling with the chaos, to proclaim the message of Christ and and to behold our God. I pray this in your name. You've been listening to Bethany Radio, a production of Bethany Bible Church in Leroy, Minnesota.